we're back. Um, hope you all had a wonderful Christmas. Hope you got everything you wanted. And if you're an adult listening to this, you know, you hope you didn't expect anything because, you know, I don't know. I feel like at our age, adult's age, you can't expect enough for Christmas. Like, if you actually disappointed you to get enough for Christmas and you're an adult, like, that's that's crazy. But anyway, uh, hope it was good. Hope you got to spend time with your family and all that good stuff. Hope you uh, kept the most high first, knowing that it's supposed to be his day and everything like that. So, um, I know that, I think I said last week, I was going to do a, another wrestling variety power hour, whatever I call it. I don't think I'm doing it today. I wasn't feeling it today. I kind of just wanted to um, dive into a show that holds a certain place in my heart. Um, wanted to really chill out uh, because next week, probably not going to do it next week because I'm going to be doing the um, my end of the year top 10 movies of 2022. Um, and remember, I think I'm going to do it differently where it's like it'll be a mixture between everything I've seen for the first time this year. So. If it's old, it came out in 1972, but I saw it for the first time this year, I could do it. If it came from 2022, I'll do it. Uh, I think I'm going to do it like that and make it more interesting because I could come up with 10 movies that I saw from um, this year. But, you know, that's a bit played out to me. Everybody does that. Kind of just want to change it up. So I think I'll mix it up that way. Then the week after that, we'll be doing the most anticipated list for movies of 2023. And... um maybe on that episode we'll get back to the wrestling variety hours but we'll take a break from those for a few weeks uh i don't want to get burned out on anything i want to keep it constantly switched up to where i don't feel like i'm obligated to do something just because so i'll stop telling you what's coming next week uh even though i just literally did that for the next two weeks but those things are gonna happen but beyond that i don't want to keep telling i'm gonna probably try to ease up on telling you what's gonna happen because i don't know Week to week, I feel differently about things. Things change. I don't always want to talk about the same stuff. Um, that brings me to what I watched this past week. For some reason, I just turned on the Hateful Eight extended series on Netflix where they added like 26 minutes of extra material in that movie. And they broke it down into four separate episodes. I mean, QT kind of already breaks it down in the episodes when you watch the movie all the way through. But they break it down in episodes where it's like episode one, two, three, four. You can turn it on about 50 minutes each, give or take just wonderful i don't know where i put hateful eight on my best of qt list it's probably going up now i i remember loving it but after watching it again i love that movie so much it's one of my favorite movies ever that's supreme comfort watch that's super comfort watch while also being beautiful to look at funny and having great dialogue um and also how to move a story along where you're going to be in one place for the entirety of it, which I'm trying to write something on right now. So it was necessary to see that and to keep the tension going and to keep things moving. You need that. So it doesn't get stale when you don't, when you're not trying to take the story all over the place, but you want to ground it in one place, but still have things happening. That's a perfect movie to watch for that. But beyond the filmmaking aspects, just so much fun, just really fun. And I will put that very high on my QT rank is now. I don't know where I had it. We have an episode on it. You can dig through the archives and go find that one. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think right now. I know Once Upon a Time Hollywood was number one. Hateful Eight, Jackie Brown and Django are all kind of circling each other with Reservoir Dogs right there. Pulp Fiction has grown in my estimation a lot. Um, Kill Bill, Death Proof. Those are two at the bottom. I haven't seen Death Proof. But I want to see that one before I make any judgments on it. Or any more judges on this. It's already made a whole list on it. But yeah, Hateful Eight. It's on Netflix right now. Go watch it. The Hateful Eight. Wonderful. Another thing I saw in theaters was Babylon. Uh, y'all know that was my most anticipated movie all year by Damien Ch- Chazelle. I would not say much on Babylon other than the point that I loved a lot of it. Uh, it is divisive. It's in theaters right now. I'm not going to purse you in any way. I'm not going to say, I'm going to take my opinion. I did love it, but I'm not going to say it's bad or what parts are bad, what parts are good. I want you to go in there completely on your own accord, but I do want you to go see it because this movie is needed to do well and it's already not doing well in terms of money. And y'all know how this stuff is important to me. Otherwise, I wouldn't talk about it as much. I want to make movies and 
it's getting increasingly uh, more concerning that these these auteur directors, these guys with supreme ambition, their movies aren't doing well unless it's a franchise movie like or a sequel like Top Gun Maverick or a franchise movie like Marvel. And everybody doesn't want to make that stuff. Marvel sucks to me. That's just my opinion. Top Gun Maverick 2 was good, but I put off watching it for like six months because honestly, it's a sequel to a movie that came out 35 years ago. And I didn't care about that one. I haven't gone back to watch Top Gun, but I did watch this. It had Miles Teller, Miles Teller and, you know, people in it that I liked. And I did in, in, end up enjoying it, but it, it's getting increasingly, we're getting closer to a world where, like, nothing in the middle exists. Where, like, you have Marvel movies or franchise sequels or things like that. And then you have indie movies um, or very small budget independent film. And then nothing else in the middle. Not those dramas from, like, in that middle range of, like, 30 to 40 million dollar dramas that adults used to go see now adults don't even want to go see the Fablemans by spielberg and they'll call him overbearing even though it's a populist movie through and through anybody can enjoy that babylon too people talk about i'm not i'm gonna get off this in a second because I, I don't even want to talk about this that much but people talk about not wanting to be lectured in movies and stuff which i get but then they don't see stuff like babylon but they'll call that like uh, over endearing. Like, we don't want to see movies about movies. We don't want to see movies about, you know, um, <laughs> Hollywood. Sure, okay, but that's not a new thing. And movies like that have been coming out. And Quentin Tarantino put out a movie like that in 2019, and it made 300 million dollars worldwide. The movie about Hollywood. So I do think it's the habits have changed because the pandemic changed a lot of that. But I'm seeing people acting like this sentiment has been here before. And it's not. This is new. This is post-pandemic, where people honestly just don't want to leave the house to go watch stuff. And that's on you. But I think it's BS to <laughs> try to attribute the failures or anything that's not Marvel to like, well, we just don't want to see this stuff. But you, but people used to. Um, and very recently, I just think you're making that up. I think the truth is a lot of people got comfortable with being in the house uh, during the pandemic and now they just don't want to spend that money on anything that isn't what they deem an event movie which is sad because a movie like Babylon would have been an event movie three four years ago and now it's not now it's not making any money in the theaters and it also made like a, it took a hundred million to make so would Damien Chazelle ever get this chance to make a movie that size again maybe but I doubt it because even then if you put a movie out five years ago for that much money or 10 years ago and it didn't make the money in theaters, you can put it on DVD or whatever, and then it will make his money back. It goes straight to streaming. There's no money value there. So there's not even like a silver lining. Like, well, it didn't do well in the theater, but at least we got, you know, such and such. They don't even have that anymore because everything going to streaming. I mean, you can, I mean, you have to pay for streaming, but you're not paying for that movie specifically, unless you buy that movie, right? Or like rent it or whatever. But um, and that used to, and that gets to an even bigger point of my uh point of contention when people are like, yeah, movie theaters expensive and they're no more expensive than a streaming service. And then once you buy ten of those because you need to if you want to watch all the stuff that's coming out, it adds up pretty quickly and say, well, you're getting way more. Are you? Because certain places you can't, <laughs> and also it's like. You're not paying attention anyway. I look, I can only go on my own experience. I know how I watch stuff at home. I'm not paying attention um more than I am in the theater than I am at home when I watch something. It's too many distractions. And I have to believe that nobody else is either. And at least in that movie theater you can put your stuff away. You at least you, you should. You have to put your stuff away and all that stuff and really lock in. Um, I just don't believe many people are doing that at home. And that's fine, that's you, but I just hate the sentiment. I'm, and it's the growing sentiment I'm saying that, like, yeah, like, they just aren't viable anymore. Like, they're too expensive and people on their phone, like, and people are loud. Like, that just, that stuff doesn't happen that much for how many people um, bastardize that point and try to make it seem like that's that's a universal point. First of all, movie tickets are not that expensive if you know how to, if you go to a matinee on a Saturday morning or you know, it kind of people work throughout the week and all that kind of stuff. But like, 
there are ways around it if you sign up for like points reward you can get tickets off for free there are ways to do it we do it every weekend and it's fine you don't have to eat anything eat before or eat after it's okay <laughs> so you don't even have to spend money on concessions like it's people that that just don't want to go which is fine but say that stop pretending like the model is outdated no you just like your tv at home and that's fine but i know one thing streaming services are not worth it and i'm about to use a streaming service right now for for content on this uh podcast but i'm telling i'll tell them netflix isn't worth it hulu all those isn't worth it because it's like it's here today, gone tomorrow. So if you, I went to watch Network a few months ago, and I'm about to get off this. So we're gonna do what we're gonna do, but I didn't need to get this out. I went to watch Networks, one of the movie I most anticipated. Came out in 1976 or 77, I think, by Sidney Lumet, and it was on HBO Max for a while. And I was like, okay, it'll be there, cool. And the day I finally decided to go watch it, it's gone. Not only is it gone, he was like, okay, it might have gone to another one. It's nowhere. Now it's on no streaming service, and you have to pay for it. Well, that's cool, but then you don't even get to own it. You get to rent it. So I'd rather own the physical media than rent it and get it for a day, 24 hours, and then you, it's gone, and it's $3.99. So for all the great stuff that streaming has, that's one thing it does not have. It does not have staying power because any moment, that thing is gone. You say, well, a theater, movies are gone at a, after a certain time, too. Well, that's new. Movies used to be in theaters for months. You didn't have to go see it in the first two weeks out of fear that it was going to leave because it would be there for at least two months, it feels like. Titanic was in the theaters a whole year when it came out. Top Gun Maverick earlier this year was in the theater for like five months, and then they brought it back in December. Only movies that, deem, that are deemed unnecessary or deemed that people don't care about are there for like two weeks and then they're gone. So you do have to see those. But then those are the movies that people quote unquote, don't even, don't even know that they're out. And then the final point is the marketing Babylon. Um, I thought the trailer could have been better. And a lot of people said that that was the reason why it didn't, it's not doing well. They didn't know what this movie was about. They didn't know who it was for. And the marketing was bad. Um, and I'm seeing something that's starting to take a lot of people by storm. Is this like six month out marketing campaign where like a movie, a movie's trailer comes out like a year, six months in advance before the movie. And now you kind of got this slow rollout where that trailer builds steam, if it's good. And then you put out another one, maybe a few months later, but it slowly takes its time to unfurl instead of like the movie's coming out in a month. Let's put the trailer out now. Like, they already put out a teaser for Barbie, which is coming out in July. They already put out a teaser for Oppenheimer, which is coming out in July. They're both coming out on the same day, I think. Um, and people are liking that. People, It makes it feel like, quote, unquote, an event, because that's what all movies now have to feel like. It has to feel like an event to leave your house. <laughs> and you know what? I want to go back to a point about movie theaters being so expensive. You know what's even crazier? People will spend money going to a concert, not bad an eye, are going to like a sports game not betting and i sit in bad seats and say that a movie theater isn't worth it when there are people talking cheering spilling beer on you bumping into you maybe if you're at a raucous enough arena or a concert and most of the time most people can't even see what's going on but that's not worse than a 14 movie ticket that you can get cheaper if you just go earlier up in the day and i get it you go with kids you go with the wife whatever but still and you know people will say i'm not going every weekend to a concert you don't have to go every weekend to a movie theater how many times are people actually going to the movie theater probably once a month it's not more expensive than what netflix is giving you and i see people on twitter lamenting every week or every day about how netflix most of that stuff sucks so what are you paying for for and why are you defending these streaming services when most of that stuff sucks the only one that i can give you is hbo max and it's not because of their stuff that's going on there today i mean they do have great stuff like succession and stuff like that but it's for all of the stuff that's like old all the turner classic movies that's a streaming service that's worth the money because all of those movies are you know invaluable like yeah you want to see a lot of those old stuff and that entire turner classic movies section is great but even still those movies can be gone tomorrow and you would have no way of seeing them while they still took their $15 or whatever. so And they're only getting more expensive. 
while their content is getting worse. But yeah, streaming is greater than movie theaters to a large <laughs> uh, plethora of people on Twitter, which isn't a real place. But anyway, I'll set all this to say, go see Babylon, Make form your own opinion. Don't look at Rotten Tomatoes. Don't look at Cinema Score. All of that stuff is stupid. And like Scorsese said, it's been disgusting what Rotten Tomatoes has done to the uh, to the bastardization of what movies are and what movies are deemed important enough to go see. And he's correct. And it'll be a sad day on this earth when he passes because we'll have nobody to really push back on a lot of this stuff like him. Um, and even he gets pushed back. Somebody like Scorsese, who's one of the best living filmmakers we've ever had in our life, who's dedicated his entire life to the restoration and preservation of cinema through his cinema project, uh, preserving old movies so they don't be lost forever. And then people are saying, you know, he's he needs to get with the time of stuff. <laughs> it's funny. But anyway, go see Babylon. I loved it. You might not, and that's okay. It can be divisive. We used to make movies like that in America that not everybody agreed on, but the filmmaking was fantastic or there was some element of it that you took away even if you didn't like the entire thing and we can get back to that it doesn't have to be one or the other it can be a mixture of both but go see it for yourself it is three hours long know that going into it prepare yourself and you'll be fine um yeah and that's my babylon rant had to get that out the way because i i hate a lot of what i'm seeing right now it's really concerning out there All right, now that I got all of that off my chest, let's get to some fun stuff. Even though that was fun for me, but, you know, let's get to actual fun for both of us, I'm sure. I wanted to watch the first episode of the season one, season one, episode one pilot of GLOW, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. This is a Netflix series that came out back in 2019, I think, uh, maybe before that. No, it definitely was before that. It was like 2017. Hold on, because now I got to look it up. Because I should know this. I have it pulled up, but I'm on the episode, and I don't want to get off. But Glow is a comedy drama series. Came out in 2017. Had three seasons before Netflix canceled it. Of course they did. They always canceled their good stuff. Um... Allison Brie started Ruth Wilder, an out-of-work actress living in Los Angeles in the 80s. Wilder finds an unexpected chance to stardom, enter the glitter, and spandex-laden world of women's wrestling, where she wants to work alongside 12 other Hollywood misfits. Mark Maron plays the role of Sam Sylvia, a washed-up director of B-movies who tries to lead the group of women to fame. The series is created by Carly Mench and Liz Flav, who serves as executive producer with Gingy Cohen, who made Orange is the New Black, and Tara Herman. First episode was June 23rd, 2017. Final was August 9th, 2019. This is Netflix. So Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling was an actual thing to keep in the spirit of my little wrestling series that I'm going to continue soon. It's not dead. But Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling was a TV show in the 80s that was, um, I guess, mimicking or mocking. Not really mocking, but mimicking wrestling. Um, You know, it wasn't real professional wrestling, but it was a professional wrestling TV show. And you do have to be weary of stuff like that. Like I'm weary of anything that tries to represent wrestling in TV or movies because it's like, you know, it, it could just go a certain way where it's kind of hokey and stuff. And cause what, cause what the modern, because what people who don't watch wrestling deem wrestling to be is what they saw in the WWF. And that's not all of it. It used to be very serious and it used to take itself serious until Vince McMahon bastardized it to make it into make it quote-unquote you know entertainment instead of pro wrestling it was closer to a sport than it was a tv show and i know you say well it's fake it's not fake it's scripted just like the nba and nfl are (laughs) but you you can't fake a lot of those body slams and a lot of those back body drops and elbows and stuff you can work it you can try to work it the best you can and try to play somewhere it won't hurt as much but those rings are not forgiving and you can see a lot of the people who wrestle for decades, how their bodies are falling apart now. That's real athletics. And, uh, you know, I'll take the scripted word. I don't like fake. 
because wrestling might be scripted, but Terry Funk was not. That was him. He he. That was who he was, and he'd stretch you out if you try if you you know tried to walk up on him thinking it was sweet because he was in a scripted sport. No, he he'd stretch you out, just like Ray Lewis would stretch you out, even though that all of the NF or even though that some people think NFL is scripted in its outcomes, but it doesn't change the fact that it's a it's real hits, real physicality. That's the same thing as wrestling to me, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna down that hill. So anyway. Let's uh let's start this season one episode one called Pilot of Glow on Netflix. Um, if you've never seen the show, never heard about it, I think you'll pre- be able to follow along pretty easy. It's not that complicated. Um, I do think it's a good show, and I will talk over it. I haven't seen this episode in a long time, so it's kind of like me re- watching it for the first time with you. Um, and I'm just gonna point out some of the filmmaking stuff, some of the you know things I like. I have it turned down so. You might, you shouldn't be able to hear, but you know, if you're doing the background, it's all right. Hopefully, they don't flag this. Much as I be talking about Netflix, I'm using all the using this stuff. Hey, I'm paying for it, so I can. But uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, let's get into this. I'm at zero 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 zero. This is gonna be another watch along. So I'm gonna say three, two, one. Press play now, and after now is when you press play. All right. So, Glow episode one. Three, two, one, press play now. A Netflix original series. Got the 90s thing going on. Allison Brie, Betty Gilpin. Got the boots going. Mark Marin. Shout out to the Mark Marin podcast. I like that podcast a lot. And this is very 80s aesthetic right here. The neon lights and the music. I like this song too, The Warrior. All right. Yeah, I liked it opening a lot. Here we go. I know I got subtitles on. All right. What the heck? My thing paused a little bit, but it should be all right. So you got the Hollywood in the background. Her trying to get a role, obviously, like she's auditioning. I do not envy her having to go into to them auditions and getting those roles. Um, fun fact: I want to be an actor at some point in my life um brother used to write scripts so i'd be like I'll, I'll act them out for you but then like i don't know i just kind of got into the filmmaking stuff myself now nah, i just want to make and write movies i don't know if i want to be in them but I, I do bit parts you know i'm not against it so you see the style the old school camera the tripod uh casting got the pictures on the back out there and she's right in front of the Hollywood sign. I really hate that they canceled this show. My brother loves it more than I, but I did like a lot about this show. Um, felt different. It really did, I must say. Nalissa Bree is really good in it. I think that this was my first... Um, Introduction to Allison Brie because I didn't watch Community or Parks and Rec, whichever one she was on. I don't know. All them shows felt like hot take, but yeah, this is my real introduction to Allison Brie and Betty Gilpin. And I was like, man, and it's interesting because when the show came out, they both did an episode with Mark Marin on this podcast. I remember driving around Starford, Mississippi, listening to it with my brother. Really fun times too. Uh, really great memories. 
So she's still trying to get in. She's still trying to, um, you know, get a role, man. She's trying to, she's on that grind, you know, which will lead her to glow because she's a struggling actress and you got to get some work. Otherwise you're going to be homeless. So glow would be her call song, even though it's not what she would deem as acting, but you know, I guess that's kind of the entire conversation that the show is having about like wrestling and acting. I don't like to use the word acting or character and that stuff in wrestling. I like to say it's you turned up to a hundred. That's your, if you got to use the word, I say persona. Or that's who you're portraying, I guess. I don't know. I, I just don't like this stuff. Cause like I said, Terry Funk was himself. He just turned it up, but that was still him. You know, Stone Cold, that was him. He just turned it up. Ric Flair, that was him. He just turned up to a thousand. But you're not being somebody you're not. You're just exaggerating your own features. Arn Anderson, that, that was him. So, yeah. Uh, that, that character stuff came in later with Vince McMahon. Uh, so. And, and this is real 80s right here with the, with the jumpsuits or whatever you call them. I don't even know what you call them, but. But the workout classes. The uh, spandex. <laughs> the um, Billy Blake's of the world. Uh, what's I about to say? Um, do they do those anymore? I guess is what I was gonna ask. The like big workout class. I mean, I guess they use the bikes. Nah, nah, that's true because like you'll see on an IG or something with um, with like all the like hip hop classes with the dancing and stuff. So I still have it, but I don't know. That felt so different. And obviously, I think she was lactating because she just had a child. Uh, I'm not trying to give it away, but that's basically what was happening when she threw her jacket or whatever. And then she's telling her, like, they offered me porn, but she was like, I don't want to do that. I'm a, I'm a real actress, you know. That's not, you know, that's not acting is what she's saying. But um, I guess her friend is an actress too. Uh, but but you know she's a bit more established, a bit bigger in the business. That's why I like the show too. I like shows about acting and Hollywood and making movies and making TV shows and stuff. I don't know. I just like it. I like the world, and I just don't get that sentiment. People are like yeah, we're just tired of it. You don't get enough of them to be tired of it. <laughs> and to think is, I mean, they thought Steven Spielberg's The Fable Men was overbearing. And you watch that movie, it's completely not like pretentious or him just like, oh, the, the power of movies. I mean, it's there, but it's more like a family drama. But if they would just be honest and be like, yeah, we just don't like movies about dramas anymore. I'd get that more than I get you being like, yeah, hey, movies about Hollywood. You don't see enough of them. And also to pretend like they ain't been around. It's silly. But movies about Hollywood since the beginning of Hollywood. <laughs> You're like that movie's been about of everything else. Everything else is okay to talk about, but not their industry, I guess, because they make them. So what you think is like, oh, it's like so big, like circle jerk or like y'all just patting yourself on the back. Not really. And Babylon, he's really diminishing Hollywood being like how bad it is. So it's like. It's not even him like, oh, yes, it's all great. Now, there are aspects of them being like the movies are great because I thought we did all of movies, but not Hollywood is great. And what's wrong with loving movies? Don't we all do that? I don't know. It's weird. But I like any form of media that's talking about movies and TV shows. I like this stuff. So.
Anyway, I, I'm done. I'm done with that. Uh, so she gets home. Uh, after talking to her friend, and she just killed a bug on a wall, I think. I might be behind y'all very slightly, but it's okay. You can just pause it or whatever for a second. So they're looking for unconventional women. Um, Said it's not porn. I guess that this is the casting girl. You'd be blacklisted from every casting call in Los Angeles if you ever accost me in the bathroom again. Like, hey, it worked. You sent me a, you sent me that uh, email. So now she's going to see what this new job is. Got the map. That's startling, bro. Because if I had to drive around the city in a map instead of my phone on the GPS, I'd be sick. I would not know where to get to. And she see that it pulls her up to a Chavo's gym, boxing gym. You know, and she's eager because it's a new chance to get some work. But little does she know what it actually will be. They open up and it's all these girls in a big wrestling ring. With all of the information and stuff. And <laughs> her trying to get up to the second seat in a whole dress. She got to be tough because that came down low and you can't even lift your legs up. She said, are you sad? Screen actor Gil. And she said, I'm Cherokee. I don't even know what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. And they go Mark Marin. Look at him. Great mustache. Like the mustache. Like the 80s aesthetic. aesthetic. This is when the 80s stuff was really popping. Like with the Stranger Things and stuff. (laughs) So this is not a movie. This is Glow. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. And there's Cherry, who seems to know him. It's a girl on girl wrestling. So like Hulk Hogan. She said, if you t- one of you turns out to be Hulk Hogan, I'll hit the jackpot. Because <laughs> he was very big around this time. Probably the biggest wrestler in the world. Him and Ric Flair. Ric Flair with the NWA. Hulk Hogan with WWF. I'm an NWA guy. Obviously. From everything we've been doing. Say, yeah, you said that twice. I won't repeat it, but you know what he said. If you're watching. And I hope you're watching. Hope you do. Hope you all watch these because these are good shows. You know, I, I would like to believe I have good taste. Um, you know, and it's better if you're watching. Cause I don't want to talk like that, but I want to get my little insights in, you know, when I do, when, when I can, you know, and he asked anybody that didn't want to be here, be a wrestler, leave. And they did. And that's the first round of cuts. And our character Ruth is going to stay cause she wants to work. Even if it means being a wrestler, which she has no idea how to do. And Glow was, I mean, it's obviously, this is a black iron wrestling. Very complicated history because it's not real, but it was wrestling, I guess. But I don't know. Closer to your WWF than the NWA. So you kind of look down on it as a TV show, though. This show about the show, Glow, <laughs> I'm all in. <laughs> um, so now he's getting a.
So she was an actress. He said it got a little thin after 1979. She said movies get a little white after 1979. Um, that was that whole black exploitation era in the 70s. You get plenty of work. And then after that, you, you know, you have to look a certain way. But, you know, we're not just going to give that to just not gonna do that she shoots this cherry's like the pam gray of this world like coffee you know a once big time actress or you know big you know you know in a sense and now trying to figure it out He said, oh, you're a real actor because you came with a real headshot, real experience. She's serious. And he was like, why? And this is the rough part. He said, you don't think wrestling is acting? She's like, no, it's more like a sport or costumes. You say you want us to play wrestlers or <laughs> I forgot the other part, but but see that's the thing. It sh- it is should be. See, she wasn't hip to the business, so she thought it was a sport with act with costumes. Which is honestly it's not that far off. Cause most people back then didn't know that it was a work. So you know, this would glow kind of exposed some of that a little bit and also, with the changing of the times, the wrestling kind of exposed it themselves, too, with the stuff that they were putting on. And now she's back home asking for money so they don't turn her phone off. It's just dire times so she can eat. How'd she get this place in general? But but this was back in the day when you could move out to Los Angeles with just your car. And, you know, you could actually find a place for the cheap. You can't do that now. You cannot do that now. Do not move out to LA thinking you're going to make it. You're going to be homeless before you get anywhere else. And that's going to be for a long time. Might never change. At least back then, you could really kind of get into, you know, something. So a guy just climbed into a window and and apparently he's married. And I don't think we know who he's married to. I mean, I do, but you don't. And she doesn't really want to do it anymore. She like just go home to your family. We don't we don't need to do this anymore. And he's like, we deserve attention, you know. And sex apparently. And she gives in. And they start doing it. She said. You know, she, she says, she, you know, <laughs> when you're that low in life, you got to do something to make you feel better, well, I guess. And and that's what she choose. 
but we don't know whose family he has. And now we're getting to the learning process of wrestling. Mark Marin looked like a wrestling promoter in the 80s. The big mustache, you know, the kind of hardened kind of guy. And then look who it is. They actually implored real wrestlings. Um, that's Johnny Mondo, a.k.a. Johnny Morrison. Um, and they employed real actors in these roles, which I thought was pretty decent. And he's teaching them the basics. Johnny Wrestling. Now they're going to learn how to roll. Just like preschool. Roll over your shoulder. Who even watches this? Because I feel like everybody does. You wasn't even looking. So she did the role. And now he's teaching them how to attack the ropes. You got to go into the ropes hard with some force. Make it look real. Those ropes are unforgiving, so you got to fight it. And he's still sending people away. (laughs) And the big one is excited. Oh my gosh. I hope y'all are watching. Look. <laughs> I like the boots he got on too. See, if this came out back then, this would be a pariah. Teaching them how to work, teaching random people the ins and outs. As she jumped up on the ring. She's an athlete, Cherry is. She's the athlete of the group. So, our character said we have to do something to distinguish ourselves. What's the story? That's what you'll know about wrestling. It's all a story.
So she, <laughs> my dad's Goliath Jackson, and, and that perked him up. He was like, Goliath Jackson, he's a giant. So she's a, she's a, she has the wrestling blood in her bones. And the other one's like, yeah, I'm going to just try really hard. And then they did the scene and she was like, we need motivation, right? I Sorry if I don't talk, I just get caught up into it. But um, <laughs> Salt Jackson said, it's an honor to meet you. So I'm going to have to go with the dynasty. You're out. Um, no, because you didn't do the move. Um, so she didn't do the move. She just went in to try to improvise a scene. You thought too much. You should have just did the move as best as you can. Wrestling isn't about projecting every single thing. It's about the details that are kind of quiet that you can't see. And that's where it kind of comes through. Uh, you know, it's not about putting everything. I mean, it is about putting it on your face. But it's not about just being outwardly loud about it, you know. Uh, and they ruined her food. And some boys came and messed her up and <laughs> took her keys. And she's been out there all night. So where are we? Debbie came and got her. Just got jumped by a bunch of kids. They were They were definitely kids. So, remember, she don't have no money. She didn't have her apartment key. Um, <laughs> so, she don't have her key or anything because they took her purse, too, and dropped her food. Which Remember, she didn't have no money, so that was going to be her lunch and dinner. And then they were like, um, she's in a car upset and this is the realization you get when you realize who she's cheating with. Remember the guy. Um, um, she cheated with the dude. You know, he has a family. And then you see in that picture right there that that she's cheating with her best friend's uh, husband but she doesn't really even like that much because she just called him a fat F word but you know still to the point that of all the people in the world to do that with do with your best friend who just came and got you and sticks up for you and fights for you and helps you when nobody else will you chose to do it with him maybe at a sort of way to get back at your friend for having the life that you wish you had it could be a multitude of reasons but you know doesn't change the fact that you're doing it and it's unfortunate but that's interesting from a tv's perspective because now look at that through line running through this she's not just trying to become an actress especially in a wrestling show she's cheating on her best friends she's cheating with her best friend's husband her only best friend in the whole world in this world of los angeles so that's already interesting and adds depth to that character making her you know, whatever. And now she's studying. She's watching some wrestling. Hulk Hogan. Venice Beach, California, 302 pounds. She'll be watching some NWA, but, you know, whatever. I think that is right there. Who's that, Rick? That definitely Rick. Was that Carrie Von Eric? I don't know. But now she's starting to get it. She, she went and did some studying.
Greg Flair, 6'3", 235 pounds, NWA world champion. She's starting to get it. Should watch more NWA instead of and less WWF, but that's my bias. It was both better than wrestling today. So, you know, it all it makes all of it today makes all of it look great. But back then, I'd have been an NWA guy. More Southern, more realistic, less hokey and less cartoony. But you know, today it all looks great. But that's a great scene when she goes and watches. And now she's back. Costume and all. Ready to take this world by storm. She came back with a cape on, the outfit, the face paint. Now she, she gets it. She gets what it's supposed to be. trying to convince them like give me a second chance basically while showing her new quote-unquote character And now Betty or Debbie just walked in and said, did you sleep with Mark? She said, you home effer, home wrecker. I mean, husband effer. And this is happening in front of all of these people. And she just slapped her. Said that Mark told me the whole thing. things don't just happen people make choices they just they want things and they go for them nothing happens for no reason she said i want to kick your ass then i never want to see you again oh, and so now she's trying to fight her and they're saying fight her And now people are intrigued. This is getting interesting. She said, is this real? And she said, who effing cares? And that's the point when it feels real. 
you start it starts to blur the lines and that's when it's the best when you can't tell and now look at uh mark Marin's character he's starting to see the vision because that's when it's the best When you have a real life story or something that we all can relate to in terms of what these two people are fighting for. She was right at the beginning when she said, why are these two people fighting? When you have that established, you can do anything in the wrestling world. Because that's what it always comes back to. Why are these two people fighting? Do you care? And if it's a real world thing like legacy, pride, money, Best friend turned on a best friend. Tag team partner turned on a tag team partner. Or we both want the belt. Now you can build that up. You can build that up. You can make that into something because we all have felt that feeling. And the more simple it is, the better. But you need a heel. You need a baby face. You need a good guy. You need a bad guy. And you got to make the people feel it. Just like they felt it when they saw Debbie and Ruth fighting in that ring over her cheating on her best friend, cheating with her best friend's husband. They got captivated by the story and then the wrestling. And they go hand in hand. Uh, And now Sam is, uh, he's invested. But Salt Jackson's like, we we should probably break this up. What an episode. Wow. Wow. That's uh that's better than I thought. Honestly. All right, back here to wrap it up. Um, I just want to talk about that episode a little bit closer to the end there. Um, I was saying it a little bit while I was watching it, so it might have sounded a bit incoherent. That's something I'm learning to do when we do this, um, not being incoherent with uh, how it comes out while I'm watching stuff like that. Uh, I'm trying to find that balance of being able to talk, but listen, but also because it's a it's an audio podcast, so I can't just be quiet the whole time, right? I have to give you something, right? So um, I just want to talk on that really quick before we wrap this up. Um, what captivates people in wrestling? I, I know I just said it, but, man, it that last few minutes make that episode so great because, like, it's a personal vendetta that one of the wrestlers have against the other that makes them go into what we call an angle or a feud where they're fighting each other for an extended period of time. Sam saw their compelling story, which sucks in real life because it's, it's a terrible thing cheating on your best friend with her husband of all people, right? Or cheating with the husband of your best friend. So that's already sucks, but that's a real world problem that happens. So then they brought that to the ring and then they had the match. So once you establish why they're mad at each other, then the match writes itself and then they started having it. Whether one person didn't want to fight the other one, but the other one was so enraged and angry that they kept coming anyway. And then he got the vision in his head. We can build something out of this. We can make the glorious ladies of wrestling become huge because that's tried and true storytelling. And the emotions are already invested. Just imagine if you, if your best friend got your husband to cheat with, you know, them two against you the emotions built in the stories there now you just put them in the ring and let them tell that story through physical combat and that's what happened and so by the end sam is already envisioning how this is going to look and the other guy saw jackson was like do we call it he said yeah call it he goes into the ring instead of breaking it up he gives the one two three 
and that's the end of the episode. Great editing for one, just from a purely filmmaking aspect of a TV show, but sets up the entire thing. And I look, my favorite part of the episode was when the girl was like, "Is this real?" And the other was like, "Who effing cares?" Because by that point, you can't tell because it's a real personal grudge between two adults, and they did it so well with the tears and everything. You could feel the emotion. By that point, you can't tell if it's a work or not, which is when wrestling is at its best, when you don't know if it's a work or not. I'll bring up, I'll mention something very quickly, and I won't, <laughs> it has nothing to do with the wrestling, but I'll mention it. Remember the slap last year, or earlier this year, the slap, Will Smith, Chris Rock. For a moment, I couldn't tell if it was real, but I was skeptical. I was like, I don't think this is real. But because I couldn't tell, that made it all the more captivating. And that's why it blew up like it did. Beyond all the other implications of it, we didn't know if it was real or not, or staged or not. But it felt real. And that made it real. And that's kind of the same thing with wrestling. I always say, your wrestling should be as close to real life as possible, even though it's worked. And the characters should be themselves, even though it's heightened. But it's not acting, and it's not rigged. I mean, it's scripted. It's written out, like, who's going to win, who's not going to win, right? We all know that. But the actual physicality of it, you can't fake, and it does hurt. And the storylines themselves don't have to be hokey, and for children, they can be adult-oriented. Like, for instance, I mean, you probably don't want to use that because it can be kind of tacky if done wrong. Like, how WWE has done that wrong for decades now. But best friends fighting over one of them, best friends fighting for some reason, if, even if it's not cheating, it could be anything else. That's that's always going to work, especially if the if they actually do feel like best friends and if the stakes are high enough and if the emotions are high enough, by the time they get to the ring, you've had told that story already. The people are going to go crazy because that's, you know, all the hard work is done. Now you just got to have a match. And the matches, the match can be made or broken by how good the story is going into it. And even having no story, the match can still be good, but it'll just be good. But when you have the backstory and the feud that leads up to it, it makes the match live forever. So great first episode. I forgot how good that was, man. I really did. And uh, if y'all want to see, if y'all, if I want to do more, we can go through glow, but you know, I just needed something today. This was really fun and also really good. I'm probably going to continue and watch it by myself, which I implore you to do the same because it's a really good show and it's a shame that it got canceled. Uh, Netflix do better, but yeah, man, that that's all I got. Um, like I said, next week, we're going to do the best of list 2022 week after that, probably do the most anticipated 2022 and probably get back on our wrestling variety hour at the halfway mark of that episode, maybe might do some WCCW. I'm going to do that today. Maybe a, um, a retrospective on bam, bam, Terry Gordy, one of my favorite wrestlers ever who wrestled in Texas a lot for WCCW with the Freebirds. So, uh, I would love to, to showcase him a big dude who was as good a wrestler as anybody in that era should have been an NWA champion. Um, he was great. So, that might be what we do. But um, again, hope you had a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you all. This Friday, by the way, White Noise comes out on Netflix. Movie by Noah Baumbach starring Greta Gerwig, Adam Driver. That's probably the last big movie I'm anticipating to see this year. I'm going to see that Friday or Saturday. And by next week, I'll have seen pretty much everything that I need to see for the list. Except a few things that I just won't be able to see. Because they just didn't come here in time. But, you know will make do then i'll be excited for the really that next week the most anticipated list uh most anticipated movies of 2023 that's always a fun time this is always a fun time of year right at the beginning of the year because you can look forward to everything coming out this year even if 90 percent of them would disappoint because they probably will so but but that is the nature of the beast so uh thank you for being here i appreciate you again
Thank you all for listening. See you next time. Peace to you.